Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. There was a very important meeting held last night here in the city of Hamilton uh, that uh, I, I, I was. I know a number of people were waiting for the longest time to, to have happen. Michael Tulloch, uh, Justice Tulloch, uh, was in town uh, and was going to talk about uh, carding, about police checks, the impact that it's having on community. Now, we know that, uh, that in response to a, a pushback from people in this community and so many others, uh, some months ago, the uh, provincial attorney general came out with some new recommendations and new guidelines. Uh, the obvious question at that time is, well, does that solve the problem? Does that address all the concerns? Uh, I think based on what they heard last night at this meeting, the answer is absolutely not. Ruben Abib is a, a member of the Black Action Defense Committee, Canadian representative for the National Conference of Black Lawyers, and joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Mr. Abib, thank you so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, give me, a, if you could, uh, Ruben, your your impressions on what you heard last night. Well, the meeting was very well attended. There was uh, actually two meetings that were organized. There was uh, an initial meeting that started uh, before the larger meeting that focused predominantly on uh, the ethnic community, which has been one of the major targets of police through their police carding initiatives. Um, and walking into the larger meeting, most of the comments were, were concomitant and, and very, very similar. Uh, essentially, the public has no confidence whatsoever that the practice of uh, community engagement as practiced through the police carding initiative has any appreciable results to reducing crime. That there is no apparent correlation, especially to the, the civilian community, and also from what we've been able to gather from the police, there is no correlation between the numbers of people carded and any reduction in crime. And so the public that was there last night was adamant that if there is no appreciable um, change in the rate of crime because of carding, why are you doing it? And the overall um, understanding is that really the denial of our charter rights by being forcibly detained, which is simply a person uh, asking you to stop and, and engage with them, that is very much the same as putting someone in handcuffs and putting them in the back of their car for five minutes. If you stop me on the street for five minutes to try to gain information from me, you're illegally detaining me. If you ask me questions about my identification or my family background or whatever, you're actually illegally searching and seizing that information. And the public was adamant that these practices have to stop, that the only, uh, the only benefit gained is a distrust of the police by the very members that they are hired to serve. There, there's some, some incongruity in the arguments uh, that, that, on, that have been going on for some time. And this is not a new story, of course, and I know you're well aware of that. But, uh, I, gosh, I can remember doing a, a story. It was based on a survey that Toronto started, and it was probably 20 years ago now, about the disproportionate number of black people that were being stopped by uh, in traffic, uh, uh, alleged traffic violations, or stopped late at night for no reason at all. And, and I think we were shocked by that. And you'd figured that after 20 years and a, a very, very uh, robust discussion and debate we've had about this, that we'd make some headway into this. But I don't, I don't think so. It sounds like we're spinning our wheels. Well, um, I, yes, I believe the wheels are spinning, but there's, there's some intent um, behind that. Um, the reason why the, the police services and the police services boards um, are spinning the wheel to continue this practice, even though um, it has been shown that it creates a ratchet effect of racial profiling, 
um, not only within the black community, and we certainly uh, have been one of the major targets, but also of the First Nation and Six Nation communities. Absolutely horrendous numbers of people um, vicariously and arbitrarily stopped where there has been no reasonable probable grounds to believe a crime has been committed. Um, also in the Asian community, very high disproportionate numbers. And so for whatever their particular reasons are, and we have some ideas and opinions, of course, but whatever their particular reasons are for these vicarious and arbitrary stops without reasonable probable grounds, the one thing is very clear is that they have collected a lot of data. You were just speaking um, before I came on about Facebook's fiasco with uh, selling data. Mm -hmm. But we know that the police services have been giving this data to the Canadian uh, Securities and, and Information Services, CSIS, to other police boards, to the RCMP. And these are, this is information of people who have never been charged with a crime and who have actually never even been accused of a crime. And so we really feel, uh, in, the, in the ethnic community especially, uh, if I may speak on their behalf on this point, um, we feel betrayed. We feel absolutely betrayed, first and foremost by the police who are conducting these arbitrary and vicarious um, street checks, but also more so, and I think this is something that is becoming um, much more tangible and much more heated within our community, the police services board. They are supposed to be um, our first line of defense in terms of civilian oversight of the police, that we have created the police services boards to sit um, in council with the police to ensure that our rights, uh, our charter rights and freedoms are protected and that the role that the police services are doing within our communities is consistent with what we in the community expect and desire of the police. But instead, what has happened is that the, the police services board have become a rubber stamp for um, the police misconduct in terms of our charter rights and our freedoms. And they have actually become the police first level of promotion as if they are lobbyists for the police. And I think that they themselves are confused about what the real role should be as civilian oversight bodies for we, the population, um, for the, uh, um, toward the police services. And I, I believe that they, they, they really don't understand um, what their role is. The community is not saying that we don't want police. On the contrary, especially in many of the ethnic communities where we do have very high uh, criminal uh, uh, activity, high rates of criminal activity, we would like the police to be more efficient. We would like them to um, do more investigations for people who actually um, are involved in criminal activity, and there is reasonable probable grounds that they could do criminal activity. What we don't want and this is very true, we really do not want them to practice community engagement where they are getting to know who we are, they are getting to know who our children are, they are getting to know who our grandmothers and our grandfathers are for no particular reason related to any crime or related to uh, any infraction of the criminal code. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.